0: How's everybody doing tonight? Good. So, who saw Instagram today? Anybody seen Instagram today? Anybody looked at Instagram today? It's not a trick question. Did you see the Passion Youth Instagram? Yeah, okay, then why didn't you raise your hand? The, raise your hand again if you've seen Instagram today. Good. All right. So, what are we starting today? Foundations. How many? Somebody say foundations. Now, y'all can do a little bit better. That's better. That's good. Wow. What are you guys doing? Man. Foundations. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. So how many know what Pastor Kevin's been preaching uh, the last few Sundays? Sowing a seed. Man, y'all been listening. Who's been reading their Bible? Okay, good. You, You know what sowing a seed means then, right? Sowing good seeds, right? So I want to start in Luke 8, 4 through 15. Now, I'm not going to read 4 through 15 just yet, but I'm going to read 4 through 9 at this point, okay? One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable. Somebody say parable. Parable. to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. Somebody say seed. And he scattered it across the field. Some seed fell on the footpath. Somebody say footpath. Where it was stepped on, and the y'all are catching on. Birds ate it, they ate it, they plucked it up. Okay, other seed fell among the rocks, and it began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for the lack of moisture. They're very good at this, Jen. Y'all been teaching them good. Okay, all right, next other seed fell among the thorns that grew up with it. And choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much that had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, "Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Passing youth, you should does anybody have ears? Does everybody have ears in the room tonight? Ears, show me your ears. Even if they're behind your hair, your ears. If you have ears to hear, hear tonight. Go go back to that scripture. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables or stories to teach others so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. So Pastor Kevin has been preaching about sowing a seed and the law of sowing and reaping. With that series fresh on our minds and in our hearts, I want to begin a youth series called Foundations, somebody say Foundations, very good, if you are going to build a house, what's the first thing you need, a good foundation, y'all are getting really good at this, okay, uh, if you want to have a fruitful garden, you have to have the right soil, no, <laughs> foundation, foundation, soil, everybody got it, okay, soil, we're talking about soil tonight, we're talking about what kind of soil we have, okay, so that's where we're going with this tonight. Let's, let's, go in, let's go deeper in the Word in just a second. In the parable we just read, Jesus ex- gives an explanation of each type of foundation or soil that we have. We see in God's words. let's start in verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. So he explains what the parable means. The seed, somebody say the seed, is God's Word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Would you put that first slide up that says no soil? I want everybody to take a look at this, this beautiful little pan of really no soil that nothing can grow in because it's really, it's really packed and hard. You want to feel that real quick? Just feel it real quick how, how tough it is. You think seeds is going to grow in that right there? Y'all feel it? Y'all feel it? Do you think seeds growing in this right here? There's really no soil there. It's just compacted dirt that's real hard, like almost like concrete. Why don't y'all just you know, kind of just take a touch. Take, take a t- you feel that right there? Feel it. Feel it. Can y'all feel it? Can you feel it over here? Feel that. You see it? See what it looks like? Get it in your mind. It fell on the footpath, okay, where there's really no soil. Nothing's really growing. You know where this is from? In front of my kid's swing where no grass has grown for over three years. So, <laughs> so nothing is growing, Carlos. Nothing is growing because there's no good soil. Y'all, pass it around. Pass it around. Just hold it real quick. Hold it right there. It's your present for tonight. All right. No soil. Somebody say no no soil. Candace, I'm sorry. The first type of soil, or the foundation that the seed fall on, is the seed that falls on the footpath. In reality, the foundation is not existent. Somebody say not existent. They don't have a foundation. They don't have a good type of soil. Who do you think this is? Someone. Who has heard the word, but they're not saved because they haven't believed. Let's go back to the scripture here. I called her off guard. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have the devil come and take it away, just like those birds that it talked about, and prevent them from believing and being saved. Let's go to the next one. The seed that the rocky soil represent, those who hear the message and receive it with joy. Somebody say joy. Joy, I heard the word of the Lord and I received it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, say deep roots, deep roots, real loud, deep roots, deep roots, okay, deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation, everybody look at my rocks, y'all see my rocks, y'all see the clay in there, it's real pretty, where'd you get this at, the driveway, very good, nothing's growing in the driveway, okay, everybody see the rocks, you see the rocks? You think something's going to grow there with roots? Do you see any plant You see any plant life there? No plant life. Nothing's growing in the rocks. Nothing's growing on the driveway. You know why? Because I killed the grass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> because it, it's, it, there's nothing there. There's nothing there to give it nutrition. There's no deep roots, Alejandro. They don't have deep roots to go down deep and get deep in the Word of God. No seed can grow in rocky ground. I'm going to give this to somebody else. Dakota, here. Pass it around. Do something with it. Hold it. Hold it. Like a present. That's not what you want to be, though, okay? All right. Let's keep going. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly quickly become... <clears throat> am I reading the scripture? Thank you. Be, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. Somebody say cares. cares. If you're taking notes, this will be a good place. Thorny ground. They're worried about the cares, the riches, and the pleasures. Say cares. cares. Riches, riches and pleasures of this life. And they never grow in maturity. The thorny ground. Take a look at the thorny ground. Sam, this is pretty good. I mean... You see the little life in there? Everybody see the it's got a little life. But guess what? It's being choked out by the junk. You see it? You see it, Jordan? See the junk in there? Oh, it's got life. It's got some seed, Carlos. It's growing a little something. It's going to church, but you know what? It's thorny. It's got stuff choking it out. You get to hold it, JJ. You got some thorny things going on. Thorny ground. The last ground. Let's look at the last ground. Candice is going to kill me. And the seeds that fell on the good soil. Somebody say good soil. Real loud so everybody can hear you. Good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Now, Sam, that is some good-looking soil right there. Everybody look at that. Jen, you see that? That is what we call miracle. Everybody clap for this good soil right here. See that? Now, this this is not miracle growth. This actually came from one of Sam's potted plants. Thank you, Sam. And and you know what? I'm going to give it to you, okay? Can you do that? Now, don't get dirty, okay? Don't play because I want you to pay attention to the Word of God, okay? So here's the thing What soil are you tonight? What soil are you tonight? What foundation have you allowed to come into your life? Can you guys get this out my way, please? Can you get a couple guys to get this? The seeds. I want to go back to the thorny seeds for a minute. I want to capture this point. People. In the thorny seats, hear the word of the Lord, but become easily distracted by the cares of this life. This is the type of soul that reminds me of what we talked about a couple weeks ago. The lukewarm Christian. The one who always goes through the motions in church. The one who never really lays it all down. That's the thorny ground. That's the thorny soul. It's being choked out by the cares of this life. There's too much stuff that you're worried about. Young person, if you are going to grow in the Lord, you have to be willing to give up stuff in your life. You need to ask the Lord, what thorns in my life are preventing me from hearing and growing in the Lord? What things are preventing me from becoming good soil where when the seed is planted, when the seed is put out on the ground, I can grow into something mature and be used of God because whatever doesn't grow... Or whatever grows, as Pastor Kevin's been talking about, that plant, it's going to be pruned so it can grow some more and be more fruitful. But if it doesn't grow, what happens? Cut down, right? We're at the seed level. We're at the ground level right now where we've got to look hard at where we're at. What ground are you tonight? The fourth type of soul is what I'm praying for all of us tonight. Oh, that we would hear God's word. We would cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest. Whatever type of soil you are tonight, Jesus' good news is for all of us. He wants all of us to produce a huge harvest for his glory. A huge harvest for his glory. What We must evaluate our souls. What soil are you tonight? What foundation have you laid for the Lord's seed to grow in your heart? So as we begin this series... That is what I'm talking about. Those four different types of soils. Those four different types of foundations. And the first topic I want to talk about tonight, I want to start with love. Somebody say love. Love. Start with love. Somebody say start with love, real loud. Love. Love. What do I mean by that? Matthew 22, 36 and 40. So Jesus is confronting different people and different people or Pharisees are coming uh, to talk to him and they're trying to trip him up and all this kind of stuff. They said, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? See, the law of Moses, if you're reading your Bible, Genesis to the Deuteronomy, it lays out the law for the Israelites. That's the Old Testament, okay? There were 618 laws that they had to follow. Did anybody know that? That's a lot of laws. And he's going to ask at this question right here. Go back one time. Teacher, what is the most important out of the 618 laws that we need to know? Keep going. Jesus replied, you must what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But wait a minute. Jesus attaches another thing to it. Go ahead. Not just this, but secondly, it is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Anybody know? Anybody seen our shirts, Eagle Heights? Love, love, love. Thank you. Some of y'all go here. Okay, Love God, love people. That's where that scripture comes from. We've got to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And then we've got to love, love our neighbor as ourself. We've got to start with love. When you think about foundations, what is love all about? Jesus is talking about these two laws about love. Love, the law of love. Hang all the law and everything the prophet said to this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the second, and is just as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Love people. Love, and I'm talking about real love. Real love. Genuine love. Love that goes further than affection. Love that goes further than pleasure in something. Love that is genuine love. I'm talking about Jesus kind of love. A love that would die on a cross for you to cover your sin. See, Jesus came to forgive us of our sin. He came to set us free. As we start with love tonight as our foundation. Is this this okay, this mic? I feel okay. I want to talk about the book of Hosea. Now, I'm not going to read. Hosea is a tough book to read, but I, I want to talk about it just for a few minutes. In the book of Hosea, Hosea is a prophet of God. It's a very compelling story of God's love for his people. Hosea was a prophet that, spoke, uh, that the Lord spoke through to, to his people through. God instructed Hosea to marry a lady named Gomer who was a prostitute. That's kind of crazy to me. The word says in Hosea chapter number one, and I didn't give them this scripture, so don't freak out, okay? This will illustrate, them two marrying, this will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. This will illustrate that. The story of Hosea and Gomer paints the picture of God's love even through his bri- as his bride continues to be unfaithful. It's a picture of God's people who marry Jesus but keep walking out the door for something else. It's a crazy, crazy story. And if you read, Hosea begins to learn the heart of God. The heart of God is that he loves his people so much, and even though they wrong so much, that he'll keep on going after them. Reckless love, the overwhelming. Never-ending, reckless love of God. He wants you to know His love. So Hosea goes after Gomer time after time. And we pick up in Hosea 10. I want to read some of this to you. The Lord says, O Israel, ever since Gibeah, there has been only sin and more sin. You have made no progress whatsoever. What What is not right is that the wicked men of Gibeah were attacked. Now, whenever it fits my plan, I will attack you too. I will call out the armies of the nations to punish you for your multiplied sins. Israel is like a trained heifer treading out the ground, an easy job she loves. But I will put a heavy yoke on her tender neck, and I will force Judah to pull the plow. And Israel, somebody say Israel, somebody say passion youth, to break up the hard ground. Where's the hard ground at? You got it? Raise it up. There you go. You did good, man. Good. You can sit back down now. You look. You look like you're scared to death. <laughs> He's gonna break up the hard ground. Keep going. I said, plant the good seeds. Say good seeds of righteousness, and you will harvest a crop of. Ooh, come on, Jesus. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower you with righteousness upon you. I said that backwards. But you have cultivated wickedness and harvested a thriving crop of... mm. You have eaten the fruits of lies, trusting in your military might, believing that great armies could make your nation safe. Did I stop there? That's probably stopped there. Thank you, Candice. And it goes on and on and it talks about plowing up the hard ground because of their sin. Their sin had caused their ground to be hard, full of sin. And they're reaping the benefits of sin. Now sin, there is no benefit in it, right? Only for a season do you have pleasure in sin. But Jesus wants you to understand his love for you is more than that sin. We find ourselves in a very similar situation in our world today. Many don't know the Lord at all. They haven't experienced the love of God, just like that hard ground I've been talking about. They hear the word, but it never gets down deep because their ground is too hard, and then the devil snatches it and moves it away. The birds come and rips it right out. But many people have come to know Christ, and their soul has even hearted as a Christian. They're rocky. Come on, somebody say rocky. They don't get deep roots, brother Steve. They don't read their Bible. They don't pray. They don't really seek after the Lord. They get a little rocky. And they can't grow. They have sown wickedness and harvest a thriving crop of sin. And I want you to know tonight that no matter how sinful or how hard your lives have become, <clears throat> your soul has become, God loves you. Somebody say God loves me. Maybe you have a person that you're thinking of that has let their soul and their heart get hard. God still loves them. God still loves them. And as Christians, we ought to be compelled, compelled, Carlos, to pray for them, to speak to them, to show them the love of God because it's reckless. It's overwhelming. It's never ending. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me. The love of God. 1 John 1, 5 through 10 says this. This is the message we heard from Jesus and we declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. The truth is Jesus loves you. And sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay. That's what they used to say. We don't say it no more. But it'll keep you further. It'll keep you longer than you want to be, right? It'll, it, it'll, it'll take. If you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. That's some of the old, old-timey sayings right there. So we are lying, go back, I want to to read that again. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God and go on living in spiritual darkness. We are practicing, we aren't practicing the truth. You're the thorny ground. You're letting the thorny things flood your heart and flood your soul. where You can't get deep roots to really come up out of that. Keep going. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why am I talking about sin? Why am I talking about it? Because this generation doesn't understand that sin God hates. He hates it, He despises it because He died for you, He died for that sin. And he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to be deceived by the enemy, by Satan, who would like nothing more than to take you to hell with him. We've got to talk about sin. And sin, sin has got to go. You know, the great revivals that Pastor Lisa was talking about, you know, those two women prayed, and if you remember what she said, she said it's, they begin to pray for the youth group. Anybody remember that? The youth. And the youth got on fire for the Lord. You know why? Because they recognize that I'm sinful. Well, I've grown up in church all my life, and I read my Bible every day, and my parents, they a part of the church, and all of this good and grand stuff, and that's great, but you have to have a relationship yourself and if you're letting thorny things crowd that out, if you're letting letting the rocks grow, if you're hardening your heart and you're not hearing the word, if you're not growing in the Lord and your soul is not cultivated, and you're not letting the seeds fall on the good soil, man, where are we going? What are we doing? He wants us to come to Him and confess our sins, for He is faithful and just to forgive us. John 3.16, can you quote it? Come on, this is foundations class here, foundations. 3.16, if you don't know that, the world knows that one. Come on, they got it on the football games and everything. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, God loves us so much to give up his son for us, to die on a tree for us. We need his love to wash over us and drench us, drenched in love. Oh, precious, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Let love break up the hard ground of your heart and let him break down the walls that have you put up. Let him light up the dark shadows of your life. 1 John 3.16, so I said John 3.16, this is 1 John 3.16. Watch how this works, this is awesome. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. Wow, that's pretty close, isn't it? 1 John 3.16 and John 3.16, talking about Jesus giving up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and our sisters. You got to give up your life, young person. You got to quit thinking about you all the time you got to quit thinking about what's next for me. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? We often ask that question, you know, really rhetorically. You know, we just basically think about that. Hey, how's that going to help me? We don't say it out loud, you know, because we don't want to sound selfish, but we're always thinking about ourselves. We're always thinking about what we can do for me. And God wants you to take that off, give that up, and live a life for Him, to give Him glory. Make your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto Him, which is your reasonable service. To put on love, a garment of love for Him. If we know, we know that real love is Because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we ought to give up our lives for brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, not old people, it said dear children, right? This applies to everybody. Dear children, though. Dear young person, listen. Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. While well, I serve on serve night at the church. Well, I do this and I do that and I do this. It's not about doing actions. It's about doing it from a heart of love. Put on love. The love that saved you from your sin. We ought to be filled with love. That is God's Holy Spirit. Waves of love keep, keep reading on. Our actions will show us that we belong to the truth so that we will be confident when we stand before God. Thank you, Candace. I really want to challenge you with this verse tonight. If someone is in need but we show no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? I want to think about, don't raise your hands, don't do anything like that. When's the last time you really had compassion on somebody? You stopped and you were inconvenienced for another person. You were, you were inconvenienced for another person. Lord, help us be inconvenienced and show your love to others. It's one thing to help somebody you know or even do something for someone that you indirectly get benefits from. But it's another thing to really show compassion on someone that you don't know. You don't have a clue who they are. I think too often we get really casual and nonchalant about serving people. We ought to serve others out of the love within our hearts for them and for God. We can't just say we love each other. We must show it by our actions and our actions will show that we belong to Jesus. They will know us by our love. By our love, as the song says. You know, Luke, uh, chapter number 10, uh, Luke talks about loving God, loving people too. But I want to show you The story that he adds to that, uh, that was discussed. If you'll put that up for me, Luke 10. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? So Jesus, as he always does, replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him and left him half dead beside the road. I want you to think for a minute, what if that was you? A chance, a pre, by chance, a priest, so one of God's holy people, right? A priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed by to the other side of the road and passed him by. <whistles> wow. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by to the other side. Then he despised, then a despised Samaritan, so the, between... Uh, the Jews in and, and Samaria, there was conflict, right? And they weren't supposed to talk to one another because they hated one another, right? A Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Go over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds and with olive oil and wine and bandaged him and then he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Wow. Compassion for somebody he wasn't even supposed to like. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. And the man replied, The one who showed his mercy. And then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. How many times have we shown mercy and love to someone? I mean, real love to someone. Lately, I've been listening to Pastor Jim Simbola of the Who's heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir? Anybody? Raise your hands high because there's not many. So go look it up tonight. The Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. It's in Brooklyn, New York. Okay, it's a pretty big church. Uh, Jim, Pastor Jim Simbola started that church and. Been there for, uh, I don't know, 30 years. He's probably in his 70s. And Pastor Kevin had referenced him in an email lately. And uh, I've been listening to his sermons. And uh, they run probably about 16,000 people at their church. So just to give you a little, they have like two or three different services. And I was listening to Pastor Jim preach and uh, just online and different things. And, and one thing that, that struck me, Brother Steve, was he would tell, he told this story about an Easter Sunday. So Easter's coming up here and this strikes home for me in just so many ways. Easter Sunday was coming and he had preached three sermons that day. Sits down, you know, at the pulpit. People were praying and giving their lives to Christ and he was really tired. And he he sat there and there was a man that walked in that had a dirty hat in his hand and you know it's brooklyn new york anybody been to new york anybody seen what the streets look like okay you can only imagine this man looked really rough and pastor jim tells a story that he looked at the man and he said i don't really have time for this guy he probably just wants money and they had they had their uh protocols they followed for people that would come and ask for money and those type of things and uh so he said you know what i'll just give him five bucks and he'll get out of here and we'll be done with this and so he called the man over and when the guy got up to him he said he stank so bad he was like urine alcohol and sweat all mixed together if you can imagine the smell and the stink And he pulls out his wallet well he starts talking to him asking him a couple questions you know and kind of goes through the little protocol carlos pulls out his wallet pulls out a five and Hands it to him like this, and the guy shoves his hand back. He said, I don't want your money, Pastor. I want the Jesus you've been talking about. Pastor Jim immediately forgot about the man and raised his hands and said, Father, forgive me, because my mind ain't in the right place. My love ain't in the right place right now. And he began to weep and the guy hugged him and they began to embrace and, and then the, the guy gave his heart to the Lord and cleaned up and, and then started serving on the church staff and what an amazing story of love. But not only did a sinner find Jesus, but a pastor found Jesus again. What an amazing story of, of how often we think we, we're, we're really loving people, but are we really loving people? So that's been stirring in my heart and you know, I, I thought about that and I prayed, Lord, don't let me be like that. And I was challenged a couple weeks ago. I battled whether or not to tell you this or not. I shared it with a couple of my small group members, but I felt I would share it tonight. I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, you know, whatever you want to do in me, do and let me love like Pastor Jim was talking about. And it was a Sunday afternoon and I... I uh I was doing something, getting ready. I, I had to go to town to get some gas for the lawnmower or something like that. I, I don't know what I was doing, but I had went to town. I had very little time. I had to get to church in, in a little while for Remnant, and, and I was in a rush, and, and I knew I had only a little bit of time to do what I had to do. And, and I, 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 I rushed down there, not thinking about anything, but getting that gas and getting back home. And I get to the gas station, and I pull out my gas can on the back of the truck, and I'm filling it up. And uh, this gentleman walks up to me. I say, "Gentleman, young guy, about this high, real hippie looking. I don't know how to describe that, but he had gauges in his ears bigger, bigger than this. And, and I really couldn't smell anything, but I could tell he was kind of dirty. And, and he had poofy hair, and, and it kind of took me off as a you know someone who might be a, a drug addict. And I just was like, man, you know, you know I, just, I just looked at his appearance and I said, you know, oh, this guy just wants some money and I, I, I'm just going to tell him I don't have any and he'll be on his way. And so he, he, he begins to tell me his story. He, he's talking real fast and I can't really understand him. And he's, he's talking to me, Caleb, and he says, we, we broke down. We're on our way to Florida. We're, we're doing this. And, and, and our alternator went out. Immediately, I dismissed him. I said, this guy just wants my money. I ain't got no cash. And I didn't have any cash. That was the truth. I mean, don't we often do that? That was the truth. We don't want to you know, do anything like that. And so I watched him walk away and then the Holy Spirit hit me. What about what Pastor Jim said? See, Pastor Jim had said, you know, God showed him after that man was up there. He said, if you don't love that stink, I can't be used by you. If you don't love that stench, I can't be used by you. And those words echoed in my mind that day when I told that dude I didn't have any money and I watched him walk away from me. Now granted, listen, I want to I bring some balance to this. You don't just go out and do things out of order, okay? So let me, let, me, let me preface this. What I'm talking about is when you really feel something from the Lord. And so as I got in my truck, I said, Lord, if this is you... He's going to walk across the street to O'Reilly's because he had told me he had been to O'Reilly's. He already had the, half the money. He told me, he had, I have half the money for the alternator, but I don't have the other half. And I didn't believe the story. I didn't believe it at all, Brother Steve. So I said, Lord, if this is you, I'm gonna, I, 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 want you to, I want him to walk across to O'Reilly's. And I'm like, Lord, you know he ain't going to walk over there. You know, you, you know I'm going to just buzz on by and go back to my house. So I pull out, and I'm watching him. Caleb, he's walking to O'Reilly's. I said, God, really? I, I got to get home, and, and I, I'm thinking all of this in my head. And I'm kind of making it funny, but I pull up into O'Reilly's, and he's walking across there, and, and I kind of met him. I said, God, are you sure? And I said, hey, man, how's it going? I said, why don't you tell me again what you need? He said, we're We're from California. We're leaving to go to Florida. We're moving to where our family's at. And we broke down. And I only have $60. I need $160, I think, something like that. So he needed $100. And I'm like, to, and I was like, to buy what, to an alternator? I said, well, do you even know how to change an alternator? I've done it once. And I said, okay. So we walked in together. It's like, man, thank you so much. He said, I just don't know what I do. We're, we're just broke down and we're just trying to get where we're going. And so the guy gets up there and he kind of looks at me, looks at this guy, and, and he said, I'm, You know, I told you it's $160. He said, Well, I've got 60 And I said, I've got the rest. And I'm not telling you that to tell you what I gave, okay? I'm telling you the story for the fact, okay? So I buy the alternator and I'm like, Okay, now what do I do? <laughs> I've changed alternators before, by the way, but, you know, I, I've never changed a Hyundai before. So I go out there. And I spend the next two hours helping this man put an alternator in his car. (laughs) And young people. The girl that was with them that obviously weren't saved. She had gauges in her ears. She was dirty and she began to cry. (laughs) She began to say, I don't have any family. I don't have anybody that i could talk to they all don't talk to me i'm so thankful you stopped and helped us cuz i'm i'm scared and you could see it in her eyes and he he was kind of like you know just thankful and going about his business to hurry up and get it in and we was trying to work together and we were you know he was helping he really he was helping me but she was broken hearted about the situation they were in and i said listen and he walked inside and i was standing out there while we were waiting on something this was all out in public right and 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 I I just seen the tears roll down her face. And she said, just thank you so much for stopping. I said, listen, I, I I can't spend two hours with you and help you with this alternator without telling you about Jesus. I said, Jesus loves you. And I didn't really know what to say because I've just, but I kept thinking the whole time I'm putting the altar in, and I can't even think about what I need to do because I'm thinking about, okay, God, I I need you to tell me what to say right now because I got them hemmed up and they can't go nowhere. And if I don't say something about you, man, I don't know what, I don't even know how I'm going to get up and preach to young people on Wednesday nights. If I can't tell, these two that don't know you, about you. And I've got prime opportunity. It cost me $100 to share the gospel, but you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm going to lay it all down. And that's what God showed me in that whole situation. I prayed for those two. I got their number. I asked a girl to text my wife if she ever had any questions. We got to Alternator Run, and I got them on their way, and they text us. We were able to share Miss Connie's, Connie's video with them, and they've texted back saying thank you, and we created a connection. Now, I don't know where they're at or what they're doing, and if they ever hear this podcast, I pray that you get saved because God loves you. And I'm telling this story for this reason. we got to show compassionate, compassion to people. Jesus didn't save us. Jesus didn't die on a cross for us. Just for us to come to church and get maintenance all the time. He, he saved us so that we can do and show love for Him. And love God and love people. And you say, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm 13, I'm 14, I'm 15. I'm, I'm just young. That doesn't matter. The love of God doesn't matter. The love of God, it matters. Let me say it like this. The love of God can reach to the lowest valleys the love of god can go into the deepest darkest places of our city and reach the most sinful people but you know what he's going to use us to do it if we're available foundation and you know what we need to do first though is get ourselves right and ask god ask god Do I really understand what you've done for me? Jesus, do I really understand how to love God first with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind? And and how do I love other people? See, it's the small things. It's the things when you get inconvenienced by something and it's not going to benefit you in any way. I don't know where they're at tonight. I don't know what they're doing, but I catch myself every couple weeks Every week almost, every couple days should I say, I'm calling out their names. I've got a connection. I've got a a prayer time that I specifically call out their names. I pray pray God. And I'm not going to say their names, but touch this one and this one. Wherever they're at in the world. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's on their mind. I know they're far from you, but touch them. Heal them. Set them free. Save them. 1 John 4, 7 through 21. Band, if y'all come on up, uh, I'm just going to read a couple more scriptures. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves God is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Dear friends, since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that if we live in Him, He and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Somebody say, Grows more perfect. So that we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with the confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear. So you don't have to be afraid because you're in God. If you're dealing with some sin tonight, you don't have to be afraid. If you're dealing with an issue or, or a situation, you don't have to be afraid because perfect love casts out fear. And if you're in God, he's in you. You've got, got love on the inside of you. God is love. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced the perfect love. See, when we give up our sin for God's love, He takes the sin away and fills us with love. Come on, He's filling us. We love each other because He first loved back. So so go one more back, 18. So love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His love, His perfect love. Keep going. We love each other because He loved us first. And if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see How can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I'm going to stop there. Do you put your trust in his love tonight? Since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love him. And so I'm asking that we would be baptized in his love. Would you stand, please, real quick? Could you put the last scripture up, Romans 2, for. See, his love leads us to repentance. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Think about Gomer. Always walking away, always being unfaithful. Always that ground when the seed is sown. Thorns is choking it out. Maybe it's the rocks roots can't get deep maybe you're the hard ground where you're letting the devil rule your life and he's taking and snatching the word before it ever gets down deep tonight I pray that we would all become good soil that when we hear the word of the Lord when we hear and think about his love see he's patient with us does this mean nothing to you Can't you see that that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's foundational scripture. If you read verse forty, Peter continues to preach. This is the day of Pentecost, and and three thousand souls were added. And as he's preaching, he's saying, and he continued preaching, saying things like, "Save yourself from this crooked generation, passion youth. You got to save yourself from the soul that's no good. You got to plow up that hard ground." you got to let the roots grow down deep. I want them to sing reckless love. And I I just... I don't don't know if you need to confess. Maybe we have a couple leaders, just a couple. I want more room at the altar tonight. Because I I think this is what we need to do. If we humble ourselves and we pray. We turn from our wicked ways. We seek His face and we pray. We turn. We repent. He will heal our land. He will heal your family. He will save those loved ones that you're thinking of that are hard. But you know what? It's going to take us and the love of God that he's put in us. It's going to take us praying for him. It's not just going to happen. He wants to use us in that. So as they begin to sing, I want everybody closing their eyes. Caleb, would you come on this side? Another youth uh, uh, Leader Jen, would you come right here? If you need to confess a sin, I want you to come as they come up. But I want I want people to come, and I want you to pray at the altar. I, in fact, I just want everybody to come. In an act of in an act of prayer, we just need to turn this altar area into kind of a prayer meeting for just a few minutes, and just search your heart. Lord, am I allowing the seed to grow in my life? Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. Allow the seed to grow down deep.